All right, and we are back fresh off the weekend. This is the Un Podcast presented by Goat Entertainment. We are your hosts. My name is Nick Borden. And I'm Josh Robinson. Josh, first off, how you feeling? You a little tired today? I'm long, good. Long weekend. I'm good. It was it was a f- <laughs> full, full, weekend. full weekend. Not not a long week. It would have been nicer if it was a long weekend. Yeah. Next weekend we got a long weekend. Hey, shout out Labor Day. No free shout outs. But it was a jam packed full Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It was I feel like yesterday, like I had an eighteen hour shift. You know, just what six AM to twelve AM technically. Didn't stop. But bro, that's what it's about though. Whenever you have events and stuff going on like this, you don't stop. You don't sleep. Bro. Each roll with the punches. Roll with the punches. No pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> it was a lot of fighting this weekend. If, if, a lot of if, fights if y'all this didn't week. Know. Rough and rowdy. I mean, the Jake Paul, Tyron Woodley bout. And then in other news, freaking Donda finally came out. Out of nowhere. Out, out of From the clouds. From the clouds. From the clouds where all like, it was like Sunday and everyone was like, hey, oh, uh, a Donda dropped. Donda's here. So I, got, I still got to give that a listen. Dude, so I'm. Um, so yeah, we'll ahead, We'll talk about this first, and then we'll get into. There's what twenty four songs. Twenty seven. Twenty seven. I'm on twenty two right now. How long's the entire runtime for the whole album? I think an hour forty seven. Jeez Louise. Yeah, but dude, I'll say this. I think I liked Jesus is King. Obviously, you know what it represents and everything. Yeah. This album is better than that because it's like he was able to. I feel like he was able to master. Um, kind of just combining the sounds from like Life of Pablo and his other EPs he put out yeah. in between that. And then also capturing the message of, you know, Jesus is King. Yeah. Put it into a full a full soundtrack to where it's it's a masterpiece. I think it's phenomenal. I've heard, so from a lot of people that are just kind of like Kanye haters at this point in life, I've heard it's just, I mean, it's not good. Now, I don't know how much do they actually gave. I don't know how much they right. intentionally listened. Uh, I've heard from people that are across the board Kanye stands that it's you know album of the year already. So I don't I don't yeah. know how much weight I put in that. And I've heard from other people who are like, if it's good, it's good. If it's not, it's not. And they said it's a good album. It's got a uh, it's got some good songs. It's got some uh, one or two very good songs. Oh yeah. Um. So it's a good album. So I I am currently I think I've listened to two songs. I'm two songs in. Did I was. You, let me guess. You listen to that first little dawned intro. Donda, 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 uh, Donda. It was weird. Donda, Donda. So I was working from home today, and I yeah. listened to that. That was I couldn't listen to that in the home alone with like a storm going on. Yeah, this is weird. It was, it was weird. <laughs> so uh, trippy. That that counts as one. So I listened to that a little bit, but uh, yeah, the first nah. the first song was okay. It's good stuff, bro. I uh, I'm ready to dig into the next twenty five. Yeah, tracks. But, but you know what's crazy is Kanye then put on his Instagram alleging that Universal put the album out without his permission. <laughs> So apparently the album still technically wasn't ready yet. What the freak? But you know what? You know what I said to that? Thank you, Universal. Thank you. Universal. We all thank you. I Twenty-four, because think- twenty-four days later after it was supposed to come out, the original date. I do kind of wish we would have made a, a round trip back to Atlanta and, and gone to one of the uh, the listening parties. Bro, you know what's crazy is before the album dropped, he made twelve million dollars off the album before the freaking album dropped. And people want to say that this man is crazy. And guess what? He might be crazy, but guess what else he is? Rich. Yeah. The the richest the black man to ever live, correct? The thing, Yeah, the thing that we're talking about today is just the best of the best marketers and self-promoters on the face of this earth. I mean, when you think there's like, there's the Paul brothers with the fight game and right. everything they do, there's Kanye West. Right. You can't beat them. It you is can't. insane. You can't because you look at them and you're like, oh my gosh, they're being so annoying. They're doing all this X, Y, and Z. But guess what? You're talking about them. And then on top of that, you're actually going to like pay attention to what they do. Dude, he so, made $12 million before he dropped the album off. $12 million. Bro. Jeez Louise. Hey. I mean, he's making it, you know, fashionable now to wear like pantyhose over your face, you know, as like a mask and stuff like that. That needs to stop. That's not. Yeah. A, that's not I don't know why he's doing it, but you know, that's hey. Nothing. Shout out. That's you, the thing that you do if you're like trying to rob a bank. Did you see it, uh, Chicago? That he, uh, the Chicago, oh, I, uh, I recreated his childhood house. I don't understand how he ever got permission to recreate his childhood house in the middle of the field, literally weeks before kickoff in Chicago. I mean, he is rich. So, how much do you think that cost? <laughs> 
Well, I mean, I mean, since there's nothing inside of it for real, for real. I don't think it was just. But still, I don't. I I don't know. Don't know. These are questions we don't need to. You know, it ask. had to be wildly expensive. I mean, he basically like runs Chicago whenever he goes back to home, anyways. Though, so you know, if Kanye wants to do it, Kanye does it. So it's fine. I'm gonna ask a dumb question. Yeah, he's from Chicago. Yeah. Oh, cool. Very cool. Very, very cool. Anyways, so that's enough about Kanye. Well, I think once we have Walker back on, I think he'll have some opinions as well. So once he's back on the show, um, we'll get his two cents on on what, what's going on with the album and what he thinks and some other things. But there uh, you go. Talking about the fights, specifically Sunday night, Showtime pay-per-view. <clears throat> Jake, the problem child Paul versus Tyrone, the chosen one, Woodley. I almost forgot what Tyrone Woodley's fighter name was. So that shows you how much. <laughs> Nick, talk about a stacked card. What a card, bro. What a card. I knew two other people that were on the card. Right. And it was uh, Jake Paul's, not necessarily sparring partner, but she trained in Jake Paul's camp. Um, Amanda Serrano. Amanda Serrano. Yeah. Um, and then I knew Tommy Fury just because of, of the name. Yeah. So let's get into it. You want to get into it? Yeah. So our first bout, we had Tommy Fury going up against Jake's sparring partner, MMA fighter. He had one uh, other professional boxing fight, Anthony Pretty Boy Taylor. Now, Tommy at that point was 6 0, 4 KOs. Anthony had. Uh, at what age, Nick? <sighs> oh, didn't that. <laughs> okay, okay. And Anthony is. Seven and five in his MMA career, but he's also been Jake's main sparring partner. Right. So the big thing is, has been Tommy's been wanting to fight Jake, and Jake's like, "All right, well, let's give you a test first. You know, I'll put you on my card, the undercard. You fight my sparring partner. If you can beat my sparring partner convincingly, we'll talk." So he does that. So he gets that. They did out there, and first off, Tommy's a freaking Greek god-looking type of guy. Look, I think it's safe to say that we are two. Very straight men, yes. very confident in our sexuality and everything like that. Tommy Fury, I I would give my left arm to look half as good as Tommy Fury. That is one of the, one of the best looking the, men I've ever seen in my life. The best look, I get it. If women were swooning up, I get it. He's one of those like you. He walks in the room and you're like, okay, look, I can't. But he's too good looking. Like I can't do. You know anything. what I'm saying? Oh, it's it's unrealistic. It's so unrealistic how this guy looks. Also found out he's only Tyson's uh, half brother. So that explains why Tyson's so ugly. Oh, okay, okay. You know okay. what I'm saying? I was about to be like, man, the fact that like they both came from the same place. Wild. Yeah. Wild, wild, wild. Dude, anyways, yeah, and it was even more insult to injury when I found out that he is uh, 22 years of age, the same age as me. 22 years and of I'm age. And I'm like, geez, what am I doing with my life? And why don't I look like that? It, and you it, start asking all these questions, Josh. It looked like it was a scene from like a Rocky movie or a Creed movie. Yeah. Where it's just like a guy that is just cast because he is just muscular. Yeah. And not muscular, but everything is like defined, like chiseled. Bro, so like in Creed 1, whenever he fought a pretty Ricky Conlon, they could have just instead subbed in Tommy Fury. They could have. They could have. The fact that I got confused whenever they would call him like pretty boy. And they were talking about Jake's sparring. They're talking about Anthony. They weren't talking about Tommy. Yeah. So. Also, (laughs) I will say this: Tommy had a weird Tommy TNT Fury. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's so lame. We we need to we need to collab with the guy. We need to help him out with the the marketing because the TNT part was not very creative. TNT. I mean, I know that's an explosion, but you selling fireworks, man? Like, like what's going on, man? Like, I get it, TNT, but I I understand the sentiment. I understand the idea, but come on, man. Yeah. Anyways, so the the big thing was Tommy had six inches on Anthony. And granted, Logan had six inches on Floyd. That was the difference between an undefeated 15-0 boxer versus, you know, a guy who's three years in fighting. Yeah. Whereas these both of these guys had probably about the same skill level. But Tommy, just that height and that reach is just... The height and the reach. And it blew my mind because you're looking at both of them. And it wasn't like... Um Who's the other guy? Anthony? Anthony, yes. It, it didn't even look like Anthony was like that much like bigger. Like He didn't have like more muscle. No. So it, it was really a mind-bender to be like, these guys weighed the same. At yeah. least y- yesterday, 24 hours ago, at they, weighed, they weighed yeah. the same. I don't know about right now, but, you know. So it was that, that was crazy. But uh, Yeah, and well, here's the thing. Like, Tommy, 
didn't do anything that impressive. He was just able well, to land some shots on him. I mean, Anthony never got knocked down or anything like that. Yeah, it was a pretty whatever fight. I mean, it was only four rounds, too, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was four three-minute rounds. Um, I mean, Tommy's hair didn't even really get that messed up. I mean, bro, a, whenever you have, you know, you've been spraying hairspray on it for 30 straight minutes, you know, it's not going to move, bro. It's not. It's not going to move, so. It was a good fight. Yeah. Um, definitely, was, I mean, it was entertaining. I definitely want to watch him fight again. Yeah, I don't think Tommy proved at this point that he would be that, oh, no. that tough of a match for Jake. But yeah, no, 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 no. This is it, that. I think Tommy needs to get at least one, maybe two more fights under his belt before. Yeah. There's not enough like bad blood between them to where it's like. I mean, it's and just he would, tried to stir it up last he, night. He tried so hard, and it's just like it's just not there. It's not there, man. It's so. not there. But anyway, so yeah, great, but still very entertaining first fight to watch. Now we get to the second fight. This second fight, Josh, one of the best fights I've ever seen in my it life. It was so good. It was such a freaking good fight. Yeah, so we had hometown hero from Cleveland, Montana Love, going up against the Russian Ivan Berenchik. Bro, and what's well, crazy was, Josh, at the weigh-in the night before, bro, they were going at it, pushing, shoving, headbutting, bro. They didn't want anything to do with each other. They just wanted to kill him, bro. It was insane. So right when this fight started, dude, the Russian Ivan haymakers from start to finish. And he started hitting Montana too, getting him with some pretty good shots. And we're like, okay, this is about to end pretty quickly. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're watching it. We're like, oh, this is going to be first, probably second round knockout. It's, it's. I mean, right. this is just a matter of how, how long before the guy can, right. before he gives up. But by the, around the third round, bro, they're both just, just haymakers it going was, at it, just shot after shot, bro. It was bro. amazing. It was it. There are some fights that you watch and you're you kind of halfway watching, halfway on your phone, kind of chopping it up with everyone around you. That was a fight. Couldn't look away. That you could not look away because you knew any second it could be the shot. Yeah, it could be the shot that puts him down. Yeah. So uh, it was amazing. Dude, I was like, yeah, I felt like I was watching a Creed movie. How it was uh, almost how it was it had to be choreographed how hard they were swinging and landing and connecting absolutely crazy but by the third round bro Montana started picking it up and finally seventh round devastating uppercut to the Russian knocking him down he was able to get up and survive into a for the belt ring but at that point he was like hey I like he couldn't continue oh absolutely not absolutely I, not. I mean that. Seen all the different angels on that uppercut. No, it was insane, bro. And in one of the wildest moves I've seen in a long time, Josh in boxing. Oh my god! Montana Love goes up to dap up Ivan the Russian to, to say, "Hey, good job, man." And then he goes and gives his girl a high five, and his girl did not want to give that man a high five, but she did it anyways, bro. His girl. I've never seen a look of disgust, a disgust face. Plus an eye roll so hard my entire <laughs> life. My entire life. He daps up um, Ivan. Obviously, Ivan's in the fighting game, so he like he understands, like, you know, it's respect. It's, yeah. They, they both went to war. Ivan was the, the strong favorite going into this fight, and uh, uh, Love came in hot and put him to sleep. And uh, yeah, his and Dude. they they put they put the screen and it's you know Ivan and his girl they're kind of looking over the ropes at each other like they're look or not even like they're, I mean they're like face to face just through the ropes they're like seen she's, her she's hey, just like it's okay I'll say I'm this, sorry seeing her made me be like man I really need to become a boxer really need to become a boxer not a not an ugly woman that I saw all night not at all none but bro I mean I'll just say this dude like how much of an alpha do you got to be. You just beat this man, knocked him out, and then you go and dap up his girl, bro. Cantaloupes. That's all I have to say. That's all I have to say. Going to Oregon on a covered wagon, my friend. All I have to say. Jeez, it was. Uh, that was a really, really good fight. I haven't watched a ton of boxing. I'm willing to say, given the fact that it went that long and it ended in a knockout, and it was just like a huge turn of tides, that probably was the best boxing match I'd ever watched. Oh, facts. And still, I mean, like, even yeah. even the rest, there were, again, there was two more phenomenal matches on this card. Phenomenal. That would rewatch, I would rewatch 
both of them in a heartbeat, but this was the one. Yeah. All right, so next we've got heavyweight bout. A heavyweight bout. I I hate heavyweight bouts. I was so nervous, bro. I was so nervous going into this. It's because, so like a year and a half ago, Nick and I, in the middle of, of, not even in the middle, in the very beginning of quarantine and everything, when the whole world shut shut down and Dana White started Fight Island, which I'm uh, honestly still a little bitter that the, the ring wasn't outside. On the sand, next on the, to the sand. Ocean. <sighs> I, I, I hate it, but and it, regardless, um, so that was when we started watching like UFC events like every other week. We started paying for them. The pay per views became like whatever, and and that, that that's kind of when we we would watch like a heavyweight fight. And of course, you're like you grow up. You're like, oh, the heavyweights are getting in the ring. Yeah, they're about to sling some leather. Yeah, and the thing with MMA is it's your whole body. It's not just punching. It's your entire body. And these guys get out of breath very quickly. So a heavyweight MMA event is not exciting at all. It's not something I look forward to. It's not something I would really pay money to watch. But a heavyweight boxing event. I don't know what it is. I don't know if the guys are just bigger and still in shape, if they're just taller. I would... It's unparalleled. Yeah. It's unparalleled in in the the world of sports of just how exciting, how electric it is because you never know when a punch lands. It's it's got enough power behind it. Oh yeah. Crazy. So we had 23-year-old Daniel Dubois from Dubois. the UK. His the UK. Uh, his American debut, correct? Yes. Going up against Joe Kasumanu, 33 years old. So already a 10-year age gap and Dubois was the heavy favorite going into this fight. And I think uh, about a minute and a half in, he kind of proved himself why. Three knockdowns, bro. Three knockdowns within two minutes. To where it's like, okay, this guy cannot continue. It's not even close. It reminded me. I mean, and obviously both of them had way more technique than anyone else on Friday night. But when Nick and I were watching Rough and Rowdy, no free shoutouts. On Friday night... You see these like people they'll they'll like get knocked down they'll get back up they'll get knocked down they'll get back up they'll get knocked down it's like all right we we got to call the fight you just get knocked down it reminded me of that because he would get knocked down he the, after the first knockdown he got back up and it was like 10, 20 seconds later another knockdown got back up standing eight count or whatever ten it's twenty like, seconds no matter later. how many times you get back up it's just Getting worse. Exactly. You're bringing on CTE, you know, two years closer each time. So, he never knocked him out cold, but he definitely... guy couldn't continue at all. The guy was going to lose the fight. He couldn't continue. The guy was going to lose the fight. That was a good fight. That was that was the exciting, like, okay, so when I'm watching boxing or, or fighting, I want either something really quick to just happen, like Jorge Masvidal, the flying knee. Like just something yeah. off the top, and you're just—it's just electric. Or like that Connor KO of uh, Aldo. Exactly. Something just really, really quick, and you're like, "What just happened?" And you get to watch it thirty thousand times in the slow motion replay, and you're like, "You get to dissect it." Or I want like what the previous fight was, where it's a war for seven rounds, and you're like, "This might go to the cards," and then all of a sudden, somebody gets knocked out cold. Yeah. I I love it so much. So I love those two opposites. I'm glad I got to see him. Back to back. Yeah. It was phenomenal. Yeah. So now we go to this next fight. We have one of the all-time female greats, Amanda Serrano, going up against Yamalith Mercado. And going into this, Amanda Serrano has a record of 40-1 and one with 30 knockouts, 15 knockouts in the first round. I was very excited for this fight. Uh, I was – I was – I don't want to say I was more excited for this fight than the the Jake Paul fight, strictly because I mean it's, it's Jake Paul and everything. But I was, if if you had like given me all the information leading up to this fight and been like this is its own separate event, I would have watched it. Yeah, but yeah, I mean going in, I, I was thinking okay, so we just got this, you know, this third fight because that was the one I was the most nervous about the heavyweight bout. My like, this could take all night. Yeah. But luckily it didn't. I mean, it ended in the first round. So I'm like, all right. That's got to be weird, too. Like, you're getting ready to fight, and you you know you could either be up in 30 minutes or 10 minutes. Yeah. You don't know. It's, it's, it's a weird thing where you just have to be warmed up and ready to go at any point. So. But, so we go into this fight, and I'm thinking, all right, first round knockout for sure. Possibly second round. You know, we'll see. Well, once they drop the, the stat that, all right, 30 of her... 
fights have been have been ended in knockout. Fifteen of them have been in first round. I was like, oh shoot, right. This doesn't get past the second round at all. Yeah, <laughs> boy, was I wrong, dude. This fight reminded me so much of Sugar Sean O'Malley's last fight. Oh my, almost gosh. identical. She just. Serrano just kept hitting. Uh, I don't even remember. Mer- Mercado, Mercado was a zombie out there. She just kept eating punches. Mercado might be the toughest woman on the face of the planet, and Serrano might have the best cardio on the face of the planet for a yeah. woman because she just kept punching her and kept hitting her, and Mercado just kept eating these punches and didn't go down, didn't get dazed, didn't stumble or anything, just yeah. eat it, eat it, eat it. Eat oh, it. Well, this fight just felt weird because it was 10 rounds. Two-minute rounds. Two-minute rounds. That was the weirdest part of it because these rounds, they're flying by, but it's still taking a while. Oh, absolutely. So it it was just kind of a weird experience. And finally, like, Serrano's uh, trainer kept getting mad, kept yelling. We're like, who's this guy yelling? Is he yelling at the the ref? ref? Is he yelling? Like, who's he yelling at? And then finds out he was yelling. He's criticizing the Mercado. It's like, bro, it's almost on. It's on. That's on your person for not being able to knock her out. That sounds like a you problem. Mild racism, actually. Yeah. That, that I was, mean, I, I wasn't going to say it, but yeah. Oh, I'll say it. That was weird. Yeah, yeah they were saying he, something. He was like, yeah, I thought you were going to, he said, you, and I quote, because, okay, Serrano is from Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico. Mercado is from uh, Mexico. Mexico. And so he kept saying, Serrano's trainer kept saying, oh, I thought you were going to come out here and fight like a Mexican, but I guess you couldn't. And it's like, huh? We were all like, what? And somebody was like, yeah, I guess Mexicans fight, you know. Like without no holds barred, you know, just all like all gas, no brakes, and it's like, oh, that's it's just weird. And we were all like, that's 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 racist, correct? And everyone was like, oh, like yeah, a little bit. So that that was that was really 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 weird. Well, and (laughs) I think everybody in the room was like, you know what? We're just gonna let the the Latinos let them handle that. I'm not not gonna pass judgment. We're gonna let them deal with that in house. (laughs) Uh, it, that was that was a, an awkward moment. It was awkward, but it's like, hey, you know what? Yeah, just we're not gonna worry about it. We'll let them handle it. It's fine. That was talk about like the au- most awkward two minutes of the night. <laughs> and then after that happened, we're like, okay, let's like, let's freaking right. get ready for let's the get, let's get amped up, uh, dude. It was just but yeah, yeah Serrano won that fight. So I don't know if we mentioned, but very. I mean, it had to be. You know, she won all ten rounds. I mean, oh yeah. So, but uh, yeah. So interesting to watch that fight. A lot longer than I thought it was going to be. Way it was. I mean, it was. I think two separate times in the fight, I like said out loud, "Are they still fighting? Like they're still going, everybody? Yeah. Like we were just in the middle of like a regular conversation, and they are just they're fighting, and it it was it was rough. Well, because like was, each round was like the same thing. It was the exact over same and thing. over and over. Again. They just kept going in a circle. They would make like three or four laps around the ring. You know, just Mercado getting just peppered. Every once in a while, she'd, you know, get a good shot in. Very, very seldom. Yeah. And then Serrano would just, you know, douse her up. Yeah. Can we talk about the fact that Serrano's fighter name is the coal miner's daughter? Yeah. That's that. Just, okay. That is a, like, tell me, that's tell a me, hardcore name. Tell me you're a fighter from the 90s without, you know, telling me you're a fighter from the 90s. Like, hey, hey, girl, maybe we should rebrand a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, so getting ready. So, all right. That fight ends. We're like, all right, it's time. Yeah, it's time for the. the Can we talk about like so? So the entrance that these all these fighters had to do was on this ramp. Oh, very random. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, you know, I'm sitting here. I've I've seen my fair share of boxing matches. I understand that in the UFC specifically, as far as mixed martial arts, there's not a whole lot of fanfare unless your name is Conor McGregor. Um, But I know in boxing, like fanfare is kind of a thing. But also, you need to minimize the number of possible like accidents that could happen before this fight, before right. they step in the ring. And what they decided to do was they decided to have, it had to have been at least like a 30-foot ramp. Dude, I was thinking it might have been like 75 to 100-foot ramp. That was a long freaking ramp. I'm, I, I should also mention, I'm the worst at judging distances. Yeah. So let's, let's go with Nick's estimate. Let's say a 100-foot ramp. With, I mean, probably some, like, slick plexiglass or something. Yeah. Because it had, like, the uh, LED lights on the side. Yeah, yeah, It was, so, imagine you're in a, a normal stadium, and it went from, like, the the entrance of, like, the uh, the middle, the, the lower bowl, mm-hmm. all the way to the ground floor 
over a hundred foot. So it was, I mean, it was pretty steep. And the whole night, ten fighters walked down that ramp, and I'm like, we're just waiting for them to fall. God, don't let them fall. <laughs> if they fall, they will become the most famous person in all of thirty seconds because it will be plastered everywhere. Thank God nobody fell. But I was like, all it takes is like a little bit of sweat, a little bit of liquid to get on that ramp, and somebody's just walking down there and slip. Whoop. Yeah. But anyways, all right, main event. Main event. Freaking Tyron, Tyron Woodley comes out when his little looking Miami Vice looking gear. Yeah. Pink, uh, white and that teal. I didn't I didn't hate his colors. I didn't hate it. I didn't hate his colors. I too. was confused while he was doing like the Miami colors. Very interesting. Yeah, I'm like you're not in Miami, you're in Cleveland. I don't I don't know that it was supposed was it supposed to be Miami colors? I mean that, that, that's generally like I mean I understand that that is generally Miami colors yeah. but was it like was he like oh I'm doing Miami colors I mean when they're like hey man what do you want to wear hey bro what if we went like well because he's used to fighting the UFC so color way they don't get to color, you know. he just gets his name on a pair of spandex you know yeah it's like what, what color do you want black you want green you black want red green <laughs> here's a color wheel pick one of these colors just one of those yeah and so. uh, we'll go with that buddy yeah uh, but yeah, yeah. So he he got to kind of express his personality a little bit, which I think was cool. He and the whole time too. So he had a rapper with him walk him out, but he wore his Beats headphones the entire time. Yeah, yeah. So confusing. Like it was it was one thing I remember when I watched Anthony Broner fight for the first time and the last time. And he, yeah, I remember. That. <laughs> I've never seen somebody more high. Anthony Broner knew he was going to lose that fight, and was like, "I'm going to milk every." single second of this event. And I respect that. But um, he went in. He had a rapper. He had no idea what the words were. And Anthony Broner, like, just milked I'll say this. Anytime a a rapper walks out with a fighter, it never makes the rapper look good. Nobody looks good. No. Not a soul looks good because they're only... So the track is playing, and they're only rapping to, like, 20% 20% of the lyrics. Yeah. Which I understand well, is I like realize a rapper like, thing. They never wear in-ears either. That's what oh, I think. No. So it's like, it's not like they can like keep up with what's actually being played. No. So, so it's it's never good. No. At some point in time, some I'll, man, I'll some manager somewhere has to be like, hey man, man let, let's not. <laughs> Just Who no. is worse, this guy or Yo Moneybags? This guy was worse, but Yo Moneybags put like more effort into it and was almost just as bad. Yeah. Yo Money Bags from Floyd Mayweather was rough. <laughs> was so rough. But it was... I, I did like the entrance. I like the toaster oven thing that they had. Where it was like... Uh, bro, I so, want to be on a toaster oven like oh that lift gosh. so badly. So if y'all don't know what we're talking about, all of the other fighters just like basically... Like they were on a late night show. There was a curtain and it opened and they walked out. And they walked down the ramp and, and everything. But for the main event, Tyrone and Jake... There was like a hallway with like light bulbs and mirrors and they would stand there for a second and then there was a camera on them and then they would be lifted up on this like this one person forklift and it would just lift them straight up. It was the most electric thing in the world. I would love to go on it just once. Yeah. And uh, and they would walk down Tyrone Woodley, though. It was a long walk from that spot to the ring. So there was plenty of camera time. He looked so out of place. Yeah, I, it, it I think a, it was weird. He, yeah, he looked. He, it was he didn't weird. have. What I'm saying is, he didn't have an intensity on his face. Yeah, he was just the like, whole time he's had like a stone cold killer look on his face. Yeah, other than and that moment he didn't. It was weird. It was very very. He looks. We were because yeah. like, me and you said we we're like he kind of looks nervous. He looked like he was about to get like put in an order at like Subway. He was just waiting in the line. Yeah, he was just like. Oh, okay. Yeah. So. Uh, uh, anyways, then Jake walks out. Rocking all this this big jersey with every Cleveland sports team on it. Super dope jersey. Super, super dope. I mean, dope. I would never wear it because I don't really care about any Cleveland teams. I, I, I kind of like the Browns. But I, I, I like the Browns in the fact that like I want to see a team that should never win a championship. You like the Browns because you saw the movie Draft Day. And you're like, all right, a thousand percent. A thousand percent. Separate <laughs> conversation that we need to have someday. How much money do you think that they, the the Browns bid to be the, like the main team for Draft Day? It had to be a lot. Kevin Costner's like, you kidding me? The Browns? The Browns? It's like, uh, couldn't have been anyone else. Anyways, um, but yeah, yeah, so Jake starts to walk in. He's got that amazing jersey on. He's got the, the speaking of the Browns, he's got like Cleveland Browns colorway going. Yeah. Bro, his shorts, 
LED light, LED screen around it saying Jake Paul on it. So you, you've rotating. been you've been to a big mall. You know how like people would have like the belt buckles that you could like had the LED that you could like customize what it said. That's what he had on the shorts. He had it in the front and like on the two sides. I even think it was on like the uh, the inside of his thighs. I think so. I'm I'm pretty sure I saw that. Um, like mid fight. So kind kind of weird. But also the fact that I'd never seen it before, really dope. Dude. Super, super dope. I mean, he's just... And it was going the whole fight. Literally changing the game of boxing. Well, he had his... So, um, what, what's it called? The Problem Bot? The Problem Bot. So, I don't know that we mentioned this. I don't know that we've talked about the, the weigh-ins, but at the weigh-ins... Well, no, weigh-ins, we haven't because we recorded on Friday. True that, and true uh, that. weigh-ins on Saturday. Well, the one thing we'll say about the weigh-ins is at the weigh-ins, so the Problem Bot is at the weigh-ins, and he's standing behind Jake... And he has, like, on his chest, I guess, iPads or something. And it's just got clips of Tyrone getting knocked out. That was one of the best troll moves I've it ever seen in my so life, good. bro. I saw those, and I was like, those better be images of Tyrone getting knocked out. And of and course they say, were. Yeah. I was like, that is so good. I mean, troll level is unmatched. A thousand. You can't out-troll the Paul brothers. No. Especially Jake. Got your hat? Bro. He almost got your hat part he almost, two. He almost got He tired. almost got your hat part two. So, Dang. but anyway, so they both get into the ring. Yeah. Nick, we saw many fighters do this as they got into the ring where they like step in, kind of swoosh back out, yeah. and then step back you in. You know the only person that didn't do that? Who? The Russian. He got knocked out. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why people do that. I don't know like what the whole thing is. I don't know if it's superstition or whatever. I love it. It's kind of because I'm like 0.1% OCD. So yeah. I got like a little tick. We talked about it. We're not going to talk about it on the show. But uh, I, I love it. I love it. What are your thoughts? Yeah. I mean. Would you do it? Yeah. Okay. Just, hey, embrace tradition? Yeah. Okay. Can't break tradition, you know? So, yeah. Anyway, so the first two rounds, Ty, so how Jake fights and what I've come to realize is Jake doesn't, you know, kind of like dominate as far as you know walking people down. Jake likes to move around. Yeah, and so it'll look like the it'll other. It'll look fight, like it'll look like the other fighters are in control, but really it's just Jake likes. Jake's around. just staying moving, keeping getting, it moving, getting different angles, good head movement, yeah. getting different angles, seeing what they're gonna do, seeing if they'll attack. You know, yeah. keeping them, keeping that jab moving. And it was weird. So what we realized, Tyron Woodley started. Doing this whole squat thing that Anise and Gibb did oh, on Jake I for, too, I and it was about super that. strange. The first two rounds, we're like, "What is he doing?" I think the so the first two rounds for sure, he did it again at the like the beginning of the third round, yeah. just a little bit. Or he's just kind of like, squatting down. And it's like, dude, you're already three inches shorter, so you squatting down anymore it doesn't help. Shout out to our friend Sydney, no free shout outs, but he looked like a crab because yeah. his hands <laughs> were up and he was like moving side. I was like, oh. Because she said it the first round, and I was like, what? And he yeah. did it the second round, I was like, I get it. I see it now. Yeah. So, uh, but he, he, yeah, and, it was and, really weird. The first two rounds, he just wasn't, Tyron wasn't throwing anything. No serious punches. He was throwing punches at weird times. Yeah. Jake was kind of start, starting to establish the jab a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Just, you know, feel him out. It, and it was weird because, okay, so leading up to this fight, a lot of people have been talking about how Jake Paul has never gone a full fight. He's never gone the distance. What was it? The longest he had gone into a fight was like halfway through the second round. Yeah. Was that what it was with Nate yeah, Robinson? Yeah, that was with Nate Robinson. Yeah, halfway so through the second round. So he had never gone super far in a fight. And I think on purpose, he kind of like pulled off the gas just a little bit um, in the in this fight just to see, you know, how far he could go. Yeah. See if he could like start to read some stuff off of Tyrone. Yeah. Uh, See see what he was gonna do, how he's gonna work his jab, which he didn't. Yeah. See if he was gonna try to make any moves, which he for real he he didn't a whole lot. Um, also, sidebar: n- nobody that wore Easton or not Everlast gloves. Yeah, Everlast gloves. Zero and three on the night. Zero and three on the night it's for Everlast look. gloves. So if you're if you're going into a professional boxing match, do not wear Everlast gloves. That's neither here nor there though. Um, but yeah, so first round, second round, third round. Kind of really feel arounds, yeah. which we'd watch other I mean, boxing matches. It looked like you said how he was doing it. It looked like Tyron maybe was controlling the ring, but really that's just how Jake fights. Exactly. So Jake was establishing the jab, getting some body shots on him, and staying alive. And yeah. it's like okay, Tyron here and there would throw some, and you know get a, a couple shots here and yeah. there, but nothing special. Fourth round though is where I started to get nervous. 
Because Tyron just decided to man up and start fighting. Third round a little bit for me. Fourth yeah. round for sure. Tyron, he started lifting like the old Tyron Woodley. Yeah. The the five-time UFC champion decided to show up to the fight. And, bro, he gets this overhand right on Jake. And Jake kind of falls into the ropes. Yep. We'd only seen it like one other time in the whole night. Yeah. Somebody it, getting put in the ropes like that. And it was just weird because it's like, okay, Tyron kind of backed up because he thought Jake was going to drop. He didn't. Jake jumped right back up. And you see, that's where Jake, you know, kind of smiled, you know, kind of tend to lick his gloves. He's like, all right, let's go. And they started going at it. But after that, other than that, maybe a shot in the fifth round. Yeah. After that, it's like, Jake really was like, okay, it's go time. Tyron had two big moments Mm -hmm. in the fight. Jake Paul had a hundred, like, medium moments where he was, like, landing. Now, it wasn't, like, the the big shots where you hit him and, like, all of the the sweat beads, like, fly off their head. It wasn't wasn't a huge moment like that, but it was a significant strike, and he got about a hundred of those. He got body strots on him. He was keeping that jab working the entire night. Bro, I don't know if you've seen this video yet, but... They showed from this one angle, Jake got an overhand. He got a right on him, and Tyron kind of stumbled into Jake. That's oh, one I, of their saw that. I saw that. So it's like if Jake hadn't have just like wrapped around him, Tyron would have fell, bro. He would have gone on the that ground. Would, that would have been a knockdown. He wouldn't have been knocked out, but it would have yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely would have been a knockdown. So I was like, okay. So as much as – especially on Instagram. So anyways – Jake won the fight. Jake, yeah, yeah. We get to the end. We were all fairly certain that Jake had won the fight. The unofficial score, they they have an unofficial judge kind of give his own his or her own personal opinion. Right. Um, they had Jake winning the fight. Everybody knew that Jake had won the fight. And they the announcer gets on the horn on, on the mic and he says, We have a split decision. Did you get nervous when they said that? I got I mean, I knew because like I got a little bit nervous. I was like, what if just this idiot refs decided to just completely screw this up? I got a little bit nervous, but I also thought they're in Cleveland, Ohio. There's no way that they give this to Tyron Woodley. As much as I would like to believe that, you know, hometown advantage doesn't exist in fighting and hometown judges don't exist in fighting, I think I honestly believe like boxing and, and mixed martial arts and, you know, com- hand-to-hand combat, is, I, I think it's like the most – because it's so subjective. Yeah. I think it's got, like, the dirtiest judging. Yeah. Because, you know, you can have, like, a, you can have a dirty ref in, like, football. Yeah. And they'll, they'll call some stuff. You can call holding on every play in the NFL or yeah. in, in football. But when it comes to fighting, it's like, it's 100% up to you. Yeah. So, obviously, he's he starts to read him, and he says, you know, it's, what was it? It was uh, 30 or 38. No, it was, okay. No, so, they did a, it was... 77-75 in favor of Jake. Right. 77-75 in favor of Tyron. And then winner by split decision, they gave it to Jake. Yeah, they gave it, it to Jake. And they gave that one 78-74. to But what's crazy, the one that they gave, uh, so the one that gave Tyron the win, they had him winning, I think it was the last five rounds. It was very, yeah, yeah I got to look at the, the scorecards. Lo- shout out Logan Paul Duffy, shout, shout out. Shout out Logan. Shout out Logan. Hey, we'd love to have you on the pod, man. <laughs> Bring uh, all your friends. Hey, shout out number one podcast in the world. Love to see it. But, uh, yeah, yeah, he posted, and it was it was like the last five rounds. I It looked like judge number one gave rounds four and five to Tyrone. And ten. For, and I would agree, like, 10, because at that point, yeah. J- Jake, well, because Jake is just trying to, at that point, just hang on, just don't get Jake's knocked out. Jake's just trying to say, Jake just, is playing prevent defense, yes. which usually in, in football you don't want to do. Yeah. But in boxing, I And I think, I think Tyron got, you know, one little shot on him, so it's like, okay, Tyron yeah. was the aggressor, obviously, in that round he had obviously, to be. So. But. And then the third judge gave uh, rounds 3, 4, and 10 to Tyron. No, no, no. Or just 3 and 4. I think just 3 and 4. And it was the second judge that gave rounds five through ten, six through ten, whatever it was. Or, or no, it was a, it was only eight rounds. So I think. It oh was my bad. So five, it'd be. I think it was five, six, seven, eight. Uh, yeah, it was four through eight. Four, four through six, eight. Seven, yeah. So it was big, just, big math guys on on uh, the young podcast. Well, we just honestly, we just we should have just looked at the picture. Sorry guys, <laughs> we should have. We apologize. Hey, but I think it's good. Uh, it, it's good studying that we did yeah th- th- we're trying to recall this exactly it's just so. like it just yeah, made yeah, absolutely no sense 
And it was so subjective. Yeah. It was it very. That's what gets me is in fighting. It's like you had three people that presume presumptively yeah. have spent their entire life in fighting, in boxing. They've spent time in gyms, probably boxed themselves. They've spent their own time. So when they sit down, I get it if like one or two rounds, you know, someone's like, ah, I, I, I think this person won. I, I think this person won. But for one judge to have such a different opinion than the other it two no blows sense. my mind. Blows my mind. Yeah, maybe. Like it wasn't even close. Yeah, maybe Uncle Dana paid him off. I don't know. I mean, you said it, not me. <laughs> so, but anyways, uh, so... And after the fights where it gets interesting. So Jake's whole family, his mom, Pam, his dad, Greg, Logan, they all, his girlfriend, they all get in the ring. And so does Mama Woodley. And Mama Woodley and Pam, they're hugging. And Greg is over there trying to talk to Tyrant. And they start interviewing. And uh, Tyrant's like, hey, man, I want my, hey, let's do a rematch. He's like, ain't no fighters going to get you more pay-per-views than me and you going round two. And Jade's like, I don't know about that, man. And Logan grabs the mic. He's like, hey, bro, you're old news, fam. And Tyra's like, hey, Logan, step back, bro. Like, step back. And so Jade's like, all right, you know what? Why don't you get the I love Jake Paul tattoo and we can talk. And we'll get your rematch. And Tyra's like, all right, bet. Still hasn't gotten the tattoo. Hasn't gotten the tattoo, so you know. At this point, I'm like, it would be the dumbest thing for Jake to take a rematch with Tyron Woodley. Oh, absolutely. Because you can, it can only hurt Jake. Fighting him. It can only help Tyrone. It can only help Tyrone. And my biggest thing is, so I don't know if anybody has heard by now, but every single fighter on that card had a um, career high payday. Because of Jake. Because of Jake. Jake took a pay cut to make sure that every single fighter that fought on this card had a career high payday from beginning to end, including Tyrone Woodley. So Tyrone's sitting here and he's like, even if I don't have that, I'm going to make more money than I ever made in the UFC fighting Jake Paul again. Yeah. And Jake Paul is saying, I've they wanted me to fight a striker. I fought a striker. Yeah. Let's move on to the next chapter. Fought fi- a five-time UFC champion and beat him. Jake Paul, at least at this point in his career, has zero intention, and rightfully so. Zero, he, he has zero need to fight somebody twice. He's so... Um, bro, he's 24, four professional fights in. You don't... After you've beaten someone... You don't need to fight. You him keep again. it moving, man. Yeah. You keep it moving. And it, it like it's not. Well, here's like, the thing. I don't think I don't think him fighting Tyron Woodley would do as big of pay per view numbers as yeah. the first one did. Oh, absolutely not. I do really wouldn't. Because it wasn't I mean, it was a good fight. I enjoyed the fight. Yeah. It was I'm trying to think. it it was probably the third most entertaining fight on the on the card. I I really enjoyed the second fight. Yeah. The the as far okay, so the three fights that went the distance, it was the most entertaining of the three fights. So Amanda Serrano, true, 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 true. Uh, uh, Tom, Tommy Fury, and then this yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. But I, th- I think the other two, the uh, the both TKOs, I think they were way more um, exciting. Yeah. Than 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 this fight. Maybe it, I'm just you know. Well, because maybe like, I just love a, a, the a heavyweights. It was like all right, you know, first round knockout. You love to see, and then the second fight it was the second fight. It was two just, guys going to war. It. If that fight had gone the distance, it would have been a great fight. Yeah. But the fact that it ended in a knockout late in the fight, yeah. was it was the cherry on top. It was so perfect. Yeah. It was so perfect. So, so. But still. But, yeah, yeah. So so where do you think Jake Paul goes from this? Obviously, he doesn't fight Tyrone again. That would just be No, done. I just think I just don't think Tommy Fury makes sense right now. Yeah. Because I don't think Tommy Fury – I mean, he has the Fury name, but I don't think it would be that good of a fight. And I know Tommy's trying to, trying to make it seem like – because he was on Love Island, it'd be marketable. I don't think it's as marketable as a fight as no. Tommy's trying to lead on to be. No. It's because just not that many people in the U.S. are just that interested. No. So. It's, I, I think if Tommy Fury keeps fighting for like the next two years, if he keeps like for real pressing in and like for real taking it as serious as, as Jake, I, I think in two years or a year and a half or so, I think it becomes a, a real fight, a real yeah. fight that people want to see. Well, but it's as like when, far it's, as right now, it's he like would when just everyone, to him. It's like when they always ask, hey, Jake, when are you going to fight Logan? And this or that, and Logan, and their answer is always like, hey, why don't you all let us get you know good at this sport? Like We've been doing this for you know two and a half years, three years. They've been doing this for two and a half, three like, years. What if we like? What happens when we have five years, six years under our belt? You know, 
Like, it's a better fight. Like, they're not trying to stop anytime soon. No. That's the big thing is more or less a, a ton, a ton, a ton of the um, steam kind of gets pulled from this whole locomotive once Jake loses a fight. It does not stop at all, though. Yeah. But once he loses a fight, which he might not, he may never lose a fight. I have yet to see he is, what, four or six fights in? Four fights in. He is four fights in. He has picked the perfect opponent every single time. Yeah. So somebody that is just a little bit better than the last guy, but somebody that he can beat. How how far away do you think he would be from fighting Connor? A year. I wouldn't be surprised if in one one by the give, end give Jake here's the thing. Give Jake one more fight to win. Yeah. Knock out and then put him in Connor. Because at that point, Connor's leg is healed. Yeah. He's probably fought Dustin again, probably lost again. He's probably lost again. So it's like, he probably right, is looking for a good payday. This, let's just make this bread. Let's just make this bread. I I think we will watch the the Jake Paul Conor McGregor fight by the end of 2022. Yes. I think I think it's definitely for sure. Dude, probably by uh 4th of July 2022. I feel like wherever it is I feel like it's like I want I want to go to a big fight, but I also it's, like I but, wouldn't waste but, it on that. Yeah, it's just like it's the same way with like going to a football game or going if to we could, dude, a sporting if, event. Hey, if we could get into like the media days, though, oh, a thousand like percent. press conference, to, bro, to do facts, go to that. If and, I could, if I could do the media and get into like the first five rows for media, yeah, a thousand percent, I would do it. Outside of that, I'm not, you know, not to go, yeah, not go into the fight because I don't want to, you know, watching fights just. It wouldn't be the same as watching on TV. Just watching on TV would be so much better. But like, bro, just and the, that, would, bro, that because at this point, Connor is copying so much of Jake now, especially hilarious. the fact that he got a necklace made of him beating up Dustin from their first fight in 2014 after Ooh. he made after Jake made the Sleepy McGregor chain. Yeah, it's like, bro, <sighs> it's not a great look. It's not a great look. And the at thing all. is, you hate to see it because McGregor used to be the gold standard for trash talking in the fighting game. Yeah. And now Jake Paul, a grade A trash talker, came in and was like, hey, Grandpa, let me let me show you how it's done. Yeah. It's it's so weird. This is I think Conor McGregor is the first fighter that I've ever gotten to witness where I've watched in his prime. Yeah. And then begin to watch the taper off and it's really depressing. Yeah. I can't imagine well, like what it's like I to mean, be when you for the you know after being a two time champ. The double champ. You went to boxing Box Floyd. The double champ. He took went to a, boxing after year, like a year. Took a year off. Then fought Habib. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wanted to get back. Yeah. Wanted his uh, touch-up game to be against yeah. the best wrestler in the world. Yeah. Not a great idea. The gra- grappler, rather. Yeah. So. But it was a, it was a great fight night. Um, I loved it. Because obviously... Great card, bro. I can Amazing card. Amazing so, card. Dude, so much better than the uh, Logan Floyd card. Like I was entertained oh my each gosh. fight. Each fight had me entertained. So Yeah, there was there was something. There was it was either a great fight, it had kind of some name that you wanted to watch, some up and coming type stuff. Yeah. I I would like to I th- I think our next thing is we need to kind of obviously we're gonna watch every Paul Brother fight that, that comes up across the board. Obviously. I think we need to take a night and watch like a legit boxing fight. Bo- bo- boxing. Yeah. Uh, so. The guy I want to especially look out for is uh, lightweight Ryan Garcia. Ryan Garcia. He, bro, he's the unchanged. He, I don't mean to jump on the band, bandwagon, but I, after the, the last Canelo Alvarez fight, I would love to watch. I would love to watch him do his work. Yeah. It would be great. So, there you go. got anything else? That's, bro, good weekend. Great weekend. Great weekend. <laughs> Shout out to Illinois. We're going to talk about football for 30 seconds. We'll probably talk about it more on Thursday. Uh, we might, we will. We will have a, a very special guest, one of our executive producers coming on the show. Um, it's going to be great. We're going to talk some some college stuff, uh, yeah. maybe some fraternity stuff. We'll probably, here's what we'll do. So we're going to do an interview, and then we'll also do like a separate, like after that, we'll just, we'll talk some football. Just get us oh, that's, ready. I, I, get, I texted the talent. 
I said, "Hey, can we we talk about your uh, your time in a fraternity?" And he goes, "Oh Lord, that's that's a loaded that's that's a box that's a box of stuff." And I go, "Don't worry, we can cut out whatever." And then I go, "Maybe we can talk some college football afterwards." And he goes, "Now you're talking." Okay. So uh, so, we're good so with it's that. we're we're gonna double dip with the same executive producer. It's gonna be great. But uh, you know, shout out to Nebraska and Illinois being the first like for real for real game. Shout out to Nebraska, man. The first two points of the college football season is a punt safety. Who would have thought? Dude. Who would have thought? That, I wish, not a gambling man, I wish I could have gambled on that. I wish I could have gambled on that. Speaking of not gambling, we have the Goat Entertainment um, College Pick'ems group. All are welcome. So what it is, is ESPN does a thing where every Saturday they pick 10 college football games and you go through and out of those 10 games, you pick who you think is going to win. Straight up, no spread, no point differential, nothing. You just pick straight up and then each slot has a point value. So the one slot is the least few amount of points. The 10 slot is the most amount of points. And you, you rearrange it based on your confidence level exactly. and your pick. So, so if you think a team is a hundred percent going to win, if Alabama is playing some, if Alabama is playing, you know, Tulane or or whatever, then obviously you're probably going to put Alabama in the ten slot. And if if somebody like, basically, so for week one, the Georgia Clemson game, nobody's really for sure how that game's going to go. Exactly, so probably put that in your one spot. Put that in your one spot. Um, I'm sure there are more in depth descriptions yeah. on, on internet but it, it's totally free the uh we'll give the winner of each week a, a, a nice shout out on the show um all the free shout outs for that person and then at the end there will be a grand total winner and and that person will get a little bit of goat merch uh a 50 dollars gift card to amazon it's gonna be great you definitely want to jump in it'll be in the it'll be in our link tree which is the link in our instagram bio exactly again no um no buy-in or anything. We just want you to join, and uh, we're gonna put out some some content that you can content that you can comment on, uh, and let us know your picks, or, or maybe not let us know your picks. Let, let, let us know what you're thinking. So it's yeah. gonna be great. But uh, this has been another episode of the breakdown. I've been your host, Josh Robinson. This is Nick Borden, and as always, thanks for listening.